Hello and welcome to Paranormal or What podcast with me, your host, Michaela Ford. Hello, everybody. How are my paranormal peeps this weekend? Well, I'm doing very well, actually, and I'm very excited to be introducing this week's guest, Ronald Kinsella. Ronald is an author of several fiction and non-fiction books based on UFOs and abduction. He's twin brother of author Philip Kinsella and was born in Oxfordshire in the late 1960s. Ronnie experienced abduction as a child and has had many unexplainable interactions with UAPs and UFOs since. He and his brother co-hosted a radio show called Twin Souls on Paranormal UK Radio and Ronnie's recently appeared on the Discovery Plus TV programme Unexplained Caught on Camera. He talks to me about his latest book, The Digital Demon Countdown to Disaster, what it's like to be followed around by UFOs and general paranormal paraphernalia. So... Get ready and tune in. This is a good one. Sit back in that chair, get your tot of something hot, and get ready to roll on the paranormal ghost train. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Paranormal or What podcast with me, your host, Michaela Ford. Tonight, we're in for a treat as we have researcher, author, abductee, digital artist and TV personality with us, Ronald Kinsella. Good evening, Ronnie. Good evening, Michaela. How are you? I'm really good, thank you. <laughs> That's uh, quite a plethora of... Um, of, of jobs you do there I'm looking forward to finding out a bit more um but of course um it wouldn't be right if I didn't start right at the beginning and uh, for my listeners who don't know you I wondered whether you would very kindly tell us about how on earth you got into this field of research what yeah. happened right at the beginning yes I mean uh the very beginning was uh, an incident. I was 13 years old. I'm, I'm an identical twin brother. And uh, I have an identical twin called Philip. And we were 13 at the time in 1982. And we didn't believe in UFOs. We had no interest in them or spiritual matters. As a matter of fact, I used to poo-poo mediums. I used to think they were nonsense. How wrong was I later on? My goodness, I had a slap in the face. But it started with, initially, initially, with uh, our grandmother. Philip and I used to stay with our grandparents um, at Tashbrook Road in Middlesex. They, they lived in a quite a large house, a three-story house, quite big. Didn't just say you were rich, it's what they had. And it was one summer we stayed with them. Uh, every summer we used to stay with them. Uh, you know, and I love grandma and granddad, love them. Look, granddad worked for KLM, he worked at Heathrow Airport with the baggage. Right. And so he was at work this particular day, and I cannot remember what day it was. I couldn't tell you the date. It was 1982, because a kid of 13, even after when we saw it, we weren't going to report it, because you didn't do a thing like that then. It was considered taboo. But what happened was this silver orb around the garden with her grandma and I can't remember if she was hanging up washing or whatever it was but we were fussing over her 
and it must have been early afternoon. I would say early afternoon. The weather was bright, a few clouds in the sky. It was a bit breezy. Um, that's what I do remember. It was breezy because I'll tell you why. Um, this thing, this sphere approached from the rear of the garden. And at first, when we saw it, it was the size of a football. And when we saw it approaching, we initially thought straight away, it's a balloon. It's, they're not uncommon even then, though. silver balloons were around. But uh, it headed straight towards us in a controlled manner. It was absolutely perfect the way it moved. And as it got closer, um, I realised, we realised it wasn't a balloon because it then stopped directly over our grandmother's head. Now, this was level with the conventional second floor window of the house. So that's yeah. how high it was. And it just hung there and stopped. And I had a good look at it. We all had a good look at it. It didn't waver at all. Firstly, when I observed the base of it, there was no knot or cord. The thing looked as if it was made of titanium. It was very shiny metal, uh, but it was soil, but that would be attributed to the reflection from the world around it. Yeah. And it just hung there. It was just static. And we pointed up uh, and I remember saying, Grandma, Grandma, look. And she looked up, she was lovely. She was only a tiny lady. She looked up and she said, oh, the fairies have come to take a closer look. She wasn't phased by it. But I knew that thing wasn't fairies because that was technology, solid technology. And I had the distinct impression. I remembered it even all the way back then. It was watching us, it was looking at us. And then it just went vertically up, straight up to the house. Over the roof, we raced inside because we're at the back. So at the front, they have a small road and they were by a little stream. There's a little bridge that goes off and a dirt road heading off towards a park some way off, probably a mile away. Yeah. So we dived in and saw it. And we saw it crossing over the roof. It obviously crossed over the roof and it just zoomed off. And well, it was bizarre and very confusing. And at the age of 13, it was like, as I always stated, something from Doctor Who. Yeah. It was yeah. so bizarre. And that was the initial um, curiosity. But of course, strangely, the most haunting thing about that very haunting day was the fact that after a while, it just dissipated the memory of it. It's not, it was never forgotten. But because we couldn't talk about it, I think Grandma told Grandad, but it was tongue in cheek. We didn't tell Grandad. He, he was he was very rigorous with his views. Um, I didn't know later on he was very open to it. He believed in them, but not at the time. We wouldn't state anything at all to him. Yeah. But, um, that's how it initially started this thing, and later on, when I researched this many years later, I mean in my forties. I'm in my 50s now, but in my 40s, I started looking into it because they reminded me of something I'd uh, investigated when I was interested. The Foo Fighters, not the group. Oh, right. No, I, it, yes, it I know what you mean. Yeah. The Second World War, the aircrafts, Allied and enemy aircrafts, were tailed by these spherical balls of light. Now they were lit up at the time, but they were following the aircrafts. This thing we saw wasn't lit up at all, it was silver, but it reminded me of them. And I kept thinking to myself, are these some kind of probe or some, some kind of electronic eye? We don't know, but that thing could not have been even military. Yeah. 
Now, I've heard people yeah. state recently that, oh, it's a secret military, you know, uh, device, technology. No, 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 no. Not in it's 1982. All... Yeah. No, and even today, even today, I want, they do not have devices that can run on anti-gravity mechanisms. Silent. They cannot. They probably have perfected the military some kind of technology that can defy gravity, but there would be noise. There will be some kind of human aspect to it. They haven't, they have not, to my mind, achieved this aspect at all. Did, did you ever wonder whether it was, at the time, whether it was anything to do with the airport? Did that ever cross your mind? Strangely, no. Absolutely not. And we used to see the aircrafts landing from Heathrow, where we were, we yeah. could see them coming into landing. Granddad, I mean, he worked for KLM, so I loved aircrafts. Absolutely not. But mm. it had nothing. This thing defied every conventional piece of technology we had at the time. It was very strange. And I knew upon observing it, I think we're rational minded to know, even as children, that that was very otherworldly. That's the way I put it now, not at the time. I wouldn't know what the word meant then, but yeah. <laughs> otherworldly, very Doctor Who-ish. Did it scare you? Good question. I don't think so. I think, because what Grandma said, we found out later on she was psychic. She wasn't phased by them at all. You know, even being psychic, I didn't know what to make of it. Yeah. You know, but... Being psychic, she wasn't faced, but now I would say more astonished and more haunting, I would say, very haunting, rather than being frightened. Yes. Now, that was the start of it, I think. There's something that happened when we were children. I cannot um, confirm this because it's so elusive. That's the word I like to use, elusive in my memory, but it happened to Philip and I. I'm looking into this now in a new book I'm writing, um, mm. looking into the paradox, UFO paradox. But the big one, the big one came uh, of the winter of that year. And this is when I was abducted, or we call it abducted. It was never even known then, I don't think, in 82. I didn't know what an abduction was. I didn't know what aliens were, really. I'd, only from science fiction on TV. Yeah. No, they were real. But whether they were or not, I don't know, because I think whatever this power is, this force, it's tricking us. I'll explain. Yeah. Look, after seeing the electronic eye in the summer, of 82. In the winter, I was taken up. In a nutshell, I was whisked through the roof of the house, and it wasn't sleep paralysis. It was not imagination. It's not imagination. I was taken through the roof and into this thing. I, as I was approaching this thing in the dark of night, I couldn't discern the shape of it. It was darker than space itself. It was a clear night, but it was dark. There was something dark hanging there. I could never discern the shape of it. And I found myself within this room. I was obviously transported into it, where I was in this modern kind of wheelchair. And there were three men ahead of me, but they weren't men. They were very strange. They were armoured. They were armoured. I couldn't even see their faces. They, they were like doctors to me immediately. I interpreted them as doctors because that's the feel I got from this place and them. Their masks were, I think, reminiscent, and I'm honest, I think they're reminiscent to the gas masks worn during the wars of old, um, but ultra-modern, ultra-modern. Well, now, there were yeah. three ahead of me, they said nothing, and I knew this chair I was in, I was paralysed. It didn't mean to say I couldn't move entirely, I just had no compulsion to move. Strangely, I just didn't feel like I needed to move. 
yeah. in a way that is paralysis. I just couldn't get out of it. I had no gumption to get up from the thing. But I knew there was one behind me, you see. There was one of them behind me. And my, I, you know when that feeling you have when there's something behind you? Yeah. And my yeah. suspicions were confirmed correct because he spoke. And when he spoke, it was authoritative. It was English. It wasn't reverberating as people have asked. It was authoritative. That was the first thing, authority. And I will never forget the first line he used. He said, we are going to perform an operation on you, Ronald. Now it was the name. Gosh. When he said my name, I flinched because he knew who I was, but I didn't know he was. Yeah. I couldn't even turn to see him. I couldn't see him. Now, I remembered pleading and begging with him for some unknown or bizarre reason. I had an idea, it had something to do with the head. There was an urgency, you see. I was physically fit. I didn't know that at the time because in that situation, you don't think of that. But after I was physically fit, there was nothing wrong with me, nothing. Not to my mind at all. But he was harping on about this operation. And behind the men, the three men, that just stood there, they didn't say a word. I could see a kind of operating table. Now I pleaded with this, the doctors, as we call them, mm. pleaded and begged him. Uh, he said, no, he did reiterate, it is for your own good. We will not harm you. Now I trusted him, I believed him. His voice was so authoritative. And you know, like an authority you respect, because mm. then I was frightened of the police, I was frightened of doctors. Yeah. Now he took this tool from uh, he took this tool from this kind of utensil rack to my left. He picked it up. I didn't count his hands. I didn't, didn't think to. People have asked me that now. No, I didn't count his hands. It's, he seemed quite, uh, it seemed quite like they were, wearing, they, were, they were wearing gloves, like armoured. And he produced this device like a pen. It was silver and perfectly cylindrical. And it had a nodule on the end. And what he did was, I had a good look at this, and he took my hand and he pressed it on the top of my left hand. When he did that, I went out like a light. Now, the next thing I remembered, I was being ejected from this thing. So obviously, I gather I had lost consciousness. They had done what they said they were going to do. Yeah. God knows what. And I was dropped down. Now, this was quite prominent. As I was dropped down, I could feel this electrostatic kind of energy all around me or my hair was standing on end, I would gather it would be because it felt like that, you know, like static. I didn't yeah. feel that going up, strangely. I was put back through the roof, right back to my bed. I was laid on my back. And as I gently dropped to the bed, I felt the bump of the mattress. That was disgraceful. It was horrible because I knew it was happening. And yeah. this kind of energy just then washed away. And I felt cold and vulnerable and frightened. Um, and then, because we, we, Philip and I shared a room there, These were, we lived in Luton, there were Victorian houses, which were very big, it didn't mean to say again, you're rich, it's just what mm. we had at the time, there were big rooms, we shared a big room, yeah. he, he wasn't even awake, I found out about this later on, people seemed to be knocked out, you know, some, whether others are not, anyway, to end this disgraceful intervention, or whatever it was, or whatever they were, I don't believe they were alien at all, I think it's something else, to end this, there was a spark of light on the ceiling and there was uh, a hologram, some kind of advanced, amazing hologram. And I knew it was a trick. It was waving like water, it was blue, off the Cheshire cat, his head. 
But this was their version of a Cheshire cat, and it was absolutely godforsaken awful. It was the most terrifying thing I'd ever seen. In fact, it was worse than them. This head of a Cheshire cat put Lewis Carroll's version to shame. His teeth were sticking out, he didn't speak. He was just looking down at me, beaming down with his teeth all showing, wavering, then it went. That was it. I've never seen them again, ever. I like have a seen... mask, almost like a, it was like a mask, was it? To, to kind of mask your memory, almost. I think so now. The cat, I mean, that was it. Now I checked myself over in the morning, I knew something had happened. Um, I told Philip about it, my twin. And we decided not to say anything, even at that age. You could not say, what am I going to say to anyone? I've yeah. seen something strange, I've seen doctors. They took me up at mm. night. The cat, now time is a blessing in a way, because in some ways it, 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 it makes you wiser. Because you think about it, you have time to think. And I have not embellished any aspect of that whatsoever. That is the worst thing you can do, colour or embellish. That's exactly as it happened. But the cat... I wondered a few years ago, and I published this in the Digital Demon, I wondered if he was created or projected or instilled, whatever they did, as an insurance policy on their behalf, so that if I go and see a psychologist and tell him, he would say, ah, right, now wait there, you have been down the rabbit hole, you're getting confused, this is Alice in Wonderland. The doctors are merely just a fear of the medical establishment. And the cat is just some conjuring of your imagination through seeing the film, which I had seen a few years prior. Very, very clever. Yeah. Very clever. What they did to me, I cannot tell you. I don't know. Very what... sinister, actually. They were. But do you know what's amazing about this is as I started researching into these aliens, um, I tend to find that they differ. Even back then, they weren't set. And I've stated this, they weren't set in stone. Mm. Popular now are the greys. I personally have never seen a grey. My brother has. I have not, thank goodness for that. I don't wish to. But something was using my mind against me. They were not doctors. This is a common trait with abductees or people who are taken. I would say I would abductee. It was only the once, as far as memory can serve, only the once but they portrayed themselves in authority, that word again, authoritative figures. I feared doctors as I feared police, but for them to establish this kind of play or this act or whatever they were doing, they perhaps projected to me the version of doctors. Perhaps yeah, they could... it, it's almost like a, a, a yeah, they, even though your eyes were not seeing doctors, your brain was thinking, oh, they're doctors, yeah. because, because they were putting that thought into your head. That's right. I mean, I didn't question them, because mm. immediately it was an authority. That's the first thing, doctors and authority. And one thing I fear most is authority. I've always been respectful of it. And so this was their cue to do whatever it is they, they did, what, whatever manner they approached. In, in ways of perhaps examination, medical intervention, I don't know. Now, the, there's some curiosities about this, and I wasn't happy about it. Now, if they had, this is a curious thing, if they could allegedly knock me out prior to an operation they were going to perform, why on earth didn't they just knock me out before the snatching? It would have made the case so much easier. I wouldn't have known mm. a thing. It's as if you are meant to see them. They want yeah. you to see them. 
but they don't want you to remember certain things. So they pick and choose what they want you to remember. That's right. Perhaps it works differently with different people. He knew my name. So that's what that's really disconcerting because I didn't know what they were or who they were, but I just trusted them. But he knew my name, so they know us very well. Something, whether it be a force or a power, or they might well be aliens, I don't know what they are. Yeah. They know us intimately because they can get into there. This is the dangerous thing. They get into there. And my research has taken me back to the 1800s as well, where I'm even seeing then the intervention of these things, albeit less advanced, less sophisticated. But their technology was always a hint beyond ours. So what this is very fascinating stuff, and which I'm writing about in my new book. Yes, I'm going to ask you about that in a minute. I just want to ask you, um, when you told Philip what had happened, did he believe you? Yes. Yeah. Being twins, I think, we, we're born together and we're raised together. And we trust each other. We know when we're lying. Yeah. We know, we can tell. And we never lie. We have never lied. Perhaps when I was a child, I pinched a biscuit and yeah. things like that. You know, or pinched something and lied. I didn't. It's the simple things. Never ever anything like this yeah. this is otherworldly now i have not seen those things again but this is what led me to try and pursue some kind of rationality behind it this is certainly psychological as well as whatever they are or this yeah. thing this force because the greys now are in vogue as i said they weren't then they weren't set really i mean we have to question also historical matters where people now have photoshop where they can add them into certain cave paintings and things like that. We have to be very careful. But I believe this thing selects what is in vogue or perhaps drives it forward a little bit as to why I'm coming to some conclusions with that. But it's certainly some kind of intervention and it's not very pleasant. I don't think it's very pleasant at all. Yeah, because um, there, there is a theory, isn't there, that um, that these images of um, the greys have been sort of fed and trickled in society over many, many years. Um, and some people believe that it's to sort of desensitise us to, yes. to, to these creatures, should we meet them en masse at some yes. point. Yes, I mean, Kathleen Martin's auntie and uncle, Betty and Barney Hill, the famous... Yeah. Hill case, they were a type of grey. They weren't exactly as they're portraying now, but they're a type. It was close encounters of the third kind, I believe, that made them popular. Yeah. As I stated in The Digital Demon, is it possible that something has utilised this favouritism with them to recreate them? You see, the thing is, is that is this force cushioning us with some kind of outer space concept. You see, in the 50s, we had abductees. Um, Adamski, uh, namely one of them, George Adamski, who had met the Nordic type aliens proclaiming to be peaceful. And this is what uh, confused me, and I've stated this many times before, is that the aliens then, the intervention he had with them was quite physical, or allegedly he had with them. Yeah. I can't say one way or another, it's not fair of me to do so, because those were his experiences or his beliefs, whether he was honest or not, we don't know, it's not for me to judge. But they were constantly preaching the aliens about their concerns then for atomic warfare and the state of the earth and 
reiterating the point, as other abductees were, that if we utilize them, it will damage their piece of space, basically. Mm. Now, this didn't fit well with me because it was a deception. Evidently, like Sherlock Holmes, my grandfather got me to Sherlock Holmes. Although he's a fictitious character, his methods of deduction are wonderful. You just go yeah. back to the raw material and look at it again and again. If they were concerned for atomic warfare, all they need to, they're so advanced in these saucers that apparently landed, is cross the world, which they can reach speeds beyond our imagination, nullify them, just nullify the sellers. We will build more, of course, we'll nullify them again. We build more, nullify them. They've won. We don't know what's happening. They've neutralized the atomic threat. They've cured it. They've done nothing. And what is concerning even more so is the fact that the aliens from the 90s, the greys now that are in vogue, very popular, and this is all the research I've been doing, all the material and the thinking and everything, is now they're harping on about the environmental issues. So we see a pattern of it going on and on and on, and they have done absolutely nothing. They have done nothing. Absolutely. So do, do you think it's not, maybe it's not that they're concerned about us? The way that I see it, and I, I'm still, the jury's still out for me. Of course, I haven't had my own experience, so it's different for me. And I'm an outsider looking in. Um, but I wonder if, if it was more to do with um, us being their little experiment. And every time we try and ruin the experiment, they sort of put us back in our place again. It's very possible. Absolutely. You see, the thing with this is that we have no answers. Mm. And I'm proud to state that. I said to Philip Mandel, who is our publisher, he's, he's a pioneer in ufology himself, a, very, a no-nonsense man. I said to him, do you know, Philip, no matter how much we research we do and how much we look into it, at the end of the day, we're left again with only a blank page. It's as if we are not meant to know. And the most annoying thing about this subject is that you have people, and I have discovered very unfortunately, in the UFO field, is that people have their own opinions. And if you step on their toes, and they or they don't agree with your opinions, you are thrown to the wolves. They don't like it. Some believe they come from Alpha Centauri or whatever. Some believe that they are nuts and bolts. Some believe they are from the future. I do not. Some believe they are AI. I do not. I think there's something else to it. Perhaps something always moving towards interdimensional, something that is close by, not off world, but close by. It's a possibility. Mm. Yes, it is. And um, this is this is one of my gripes with um, the field that I've sort of been interested in until I started doing my um, podcast and realised that there were all these fascinating areas. Um, of research to get into the thing that I the sort of direction I came from was that I had um, an, a ghostly experience when I was a child and that that's the way that my direction has gone but we, we uh, sort of if you lumped everyone together and said the paranormal field that my biggest gripe is that um, that people aren't allowed to to say their opinion um, 
because yeah. everyone's opinion is completely different and and why shouldn't people be allowed to have their opinion um you know freedom of speech as it were um and why do people constantly say no it's not like that it's not like this and it makes me want to go oh i'm sorry are you the authority on it <laughs> because yeah. we're all paddling around in the dark here trying to make sense of it but you seem to think that you know all about it yes. and it does it makes me really cross because uh, and the direction that I really try and come from is um, I don't claim to know anything. I'm just really interested in all of it. Um, and I I would listen to anybody's opinion on anything because, you know, yeah, it's only I mean, polite and reasonable. You know, I don't know what they are. And I'm, I'm very proud of myself, to be honest. We don't know. We're looking. They're real. They are real. Don't get me wrong, they're real and they're not of this earth. But what exactly they are, we don't know. My mm. suspicions arose to interdimensional. Um, but could it even be possible, as I mentioned in the book, that we are dealing with aspects of the dead? Souls, perhaps, that have been offered redemption for being corrupt. You know what I mean by that? We're talking about demons. I would yeah. never have imagined stating that, perhaps 10 years ago. But we cannot rule it out. It's as arrogant as a stating they're not from other worlds. They may well be. If I'm wrong on any aspect, I accept that because I've stated I don't know what they are. But I think the wonderful thing is, is to keep digging and digging. One thing or certain aspects of it are logical as Sherlock Holmes. This does yeah. not wish to be caught. It does not wish to be seen. It wishes to interact, but it does not wish to be caught. There are reports of crashed craft, of course. We've heard of the Roswell incident, the most yeah. famous. And we have to be very careful with that. I wrote about that in my book, but of course, like um, the Rendlesham Forest incident, mm. opinions change and testimonies are variant, very, very. Yeah. Testimonies, of, you hear of one account, then you hear of another, and you hear of another, not to, not to denounce any of theirs. They may well have seen what they saw. It's just that this phenomena might be able to change faces or change the way it looks to certain yeah. people you and, know and maybe it appears different to different people and that's a way of confusing people yes. the, the thing that i always come back to and i'm going to um talk about your book in a second is that and sometimes i can't believe i'm saying this and i think myself five years ago would have gone what are you talking about michaela um but now i just through looking at all these different things cryptids you know bigfoot werewolves ghosts demons ufos all to me all seems to come back to this idea of different dimensions um and what if it, that's the common thread with them all um yes so so what what because you've written you've written a lot of books um and you've written um uh, fiction books and non-fiction books and yeah. um, you've written children's books and adult books um and so what was what did you want to do with the digital demon what what were you hoping to achieve there that's a good point I think to try and understand it, I think the main thing was to try and flash it out and try and work out what exactly it is we're dealing with. And it, as you said about the different 
boxes, the, the paranormal. As soon as we say paranormal, ghosts come to mind. But, you know, like you have ghosts, you have the UFOs, you have the cryptics. What if they were all of the same? What mm. if we're dealing with something that is able to manifest itself into some kind of model we can understand or the individual understands but they become real this is the trouble they become corporal because the werewolves um, that were reported in the national parks um, wolfmen dogmen whatever they wish to term them they are a reality i believe yeah. because they have been reported by rangers that when they retire they come forward with it they can't talk about it at the time and that's understandable i appreciate the national parks the the protection they have to try and uh, you know uphold for the people but we do know i know david polites wrote about this in 411 in his books yeah. brilliant researcher but there are others coming forward and these are, are really really intelligent straight-laced people that are coming forward now and stating that there are werewolves in the woods they've seen them as laughable as it is but it wouldn't mm. they're not as laughable as ghosts they're not as laughable as aliens we're yeah. dealing with the same strange encounters people are having albeit different makes you know werewolves um but they've seen them and they've even attacked people on mm. some occasions and i've been watching a program recently by a wonderful chap um what lies beneath he started a new uh podcast incredible so i've learned a lot of new material from this um because yeah. I, I wouldn't have known about them because they're hidden they're buried and this is the thing the most exciting thing about this subject is is give it some time and more and more seeps out more of these encounters seep out testimonies one of them was even horrendous what they found these are police officers involved i shan't retreat up here but they were horrendous through these wolf men you know, and it makes me think, going back to Little Red Riding Hood, you know, the, the fairy tale of yeah. grandma being the wolf. It, just, it was deceptive, wasn't it, to try and lure her Red Riding Hood into the cottage. It makes you think, doesn't it, for all these old folklores, whether there is some truth to it, because we're going back into the fairies. Um, I mean, I know that a particular researcher, um, his mother saw a fairy, and he's, he is an incredible professional man. His mother saw one, a little fairy in Ireland, I think it was. She gave her a little bottle to drink and told her, if you drink this, no calamity will come to you, no harm. And she never did get any calamity or harm, he told me. Oh my so goodness. this is very bizarre. You know, the whole thing, what if it is one of the same? It takes me back to the wonderful, brilliant Stephen King. Mm. I always think of Stephen King, his book called It, Yes. Uh, with the clown. I'm not yes. necessarily saying this is from um, the multiverse or whatever, or it's evil, but it does seem to derive aspects from Mr. King's own imagination in that it can change faces, as we've stated, or it can change shapes. You see, like you said yourself, it's how we interpret it. How, mm. how we interpret each, we're all individual. So what I see may be completely different to someone else. Doctors, you see, how smart was that? This is the linchpin to perhaps a weakness was found in how it works or the force or the power that be works is that they hone in on your fears. And mm. I fear doctors and the hospital as well as the Cheshire cat. But when I saw that, 
on the on the TV with my grandparents. I had no real interest in it, really. We watched it one Christmas, I think. I was horrified by it, so they plucked that out. It's always fear. Yeah. The werewolves, Bigfoot, the Sasquatch, the, mm. the monsters, fear, always fear. So they, and they want you to see them. This is key. It's always they creep up and surprise you. It's yeah. like those old-fashioned horror films where you see the crypt opening slowly and they're coming forward. It's based on this. It's psychological, I stated. Something enjoys this or is using it to their advantage. As I said again, I, I'm only of the opinion of that is one pointer to make. They may well be off-world. There may be hundreds of species. I'm not knocking anyone. These are my own views, my own personal views. If I'm yeah. wrong, I accept it, and I respect other people's opinions. Yeah. Um, one, one thing that uh, sprung to my mind, a question that sprang to my mind when you were telling me was, um, have you, I know uh, uh, quite a lot of um, abductees have done this, have you ever considered being regressed to find out what happened in that period where you can't remember? Yes, we hopefully are going to see uh, a wonderful uh, lady who can regress professionally. She's in the United States and I want to see her and no one else. Yeah. because she's done it before to some other people and she's brilliant. Mm -hmm. So yes, absolutely. I want to see what was behind that facade. Those doctors that I am, I thought they were real when I was a child. Yeah. But as you get older, it's like smoke and mirrors, isn't it? You think this is mm -hmm. some kind of deception. There's something behind them. There's something. I can't see it. Whatever they did or if they were, actual doctors then i will only see them as doctors but i don't i don't believe that i believe yeah. there's something it was a trick that's the word an illusion a trick mm. they were using to this this masquerade this power to use our minds against us yeah and so um so i i also believe that um your brother your twin brother philip had an experience do you think he'd mind if you told us about that he wouldn't mind. He he was abducted, I think it was 89, 1989. Yes, 1989. The interesting thing about that is, it is 1989. Mm -hmm. My memory sometimes falls. He, yes, but the interesting thing, Philip and I were born seven minutes apart, and his encounter happened seven years apart. Whether that has any oh. relevance, I don't know. Yeah. It's something he worked out. I would never have worked that out. But he was taken from his bed and he was sent through the doors of the house again, going through walls and doors towards this spaceship in a nutshell. He was taken up there. He was stripped. There were two reptilians on board there, he reported. I'm only reporting what he stated. And yeah. he was endured a very degrading operation. I won't go any further than that. It was degrading what they did mm -hmm. to him. But after this, he was asked to dress and one of the greys appeared, this grey, and it showed him towards the wall and he said to step through it to just push him out it opened up and philip was afraid of heights so he was dropped out of this thing and he landed in the garden where this other gray was waiting for him and he calls it noddy because it wore this ridiculous pointed hat and it looked more human than the others and it had his arms folded like that with a scowl on its face it looked more human but it he said it looked like it was made of plastic and he tried to communicate with Noddy, we'll call him Noddy. Yeah. 
he wouldn't respond. He gargled some things, but then he looked up like that. And Philip went back into his bedroom and that's it. But he said that after that, he had some injuries and he actually had something in his ear, which the, I mean, this has been from years ago. They, they actually had a look in there and found something in there that seemed very strange. And the actual nurse said to him, when they had a consultant come in and another one looking at it, there's something in there. What do they call it? They said something about this. What do, I mean, he could tell you better than I can, Philip, about what yeah. happened. But she said, have you been abducted by aliens? What? Yep, yeah, that's exactly what she said. And just walked out, the consultant. You know, it's very strange. I wonder, I actually wonder, because this is, not, this is a common thing where I think that a lot of GPs or a lot of people at the medical establishment or wiser to this, know something, but they're not saying a thing. It's as if it's mm. like the invaders. It's always kept quiet. Members of authority know about it, but they keep all quiet about it, don't they? Because yeah. they're in league with them or doing something with them or are aware of some kind of operation, whatever that is, or whatever they are they're dealing with, I don't know. I think they know. I think the authorities are a little bit wiser to them than we are. They're much wiser. They know something. Gosh. Now that is quite a sinister thought. Um, that, so, and you, so you never found out what your operation was for or or about. Um, did you um, did you ever have any discomfort or anything, or not not like Philip? You just you just didn't feel anything afterwards. Is that right? The only thing that happened to me after I had seen the doctors was I was in school. Uh, at school, geography, I believe it was, and I had a massive fit. There were these massive pains running up to the head. I don't know how long, I think it was just a while afterwards. Striking pains, bang, 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 and then I collapsed. I was actually fitting on the floor. And uh, they pulled me out of class um, and asked if I had breakfast. Huh. Yes. Typical and of those days. They, they took me home. I had a banging headache, but they asked before I went home if I'd like to see a doctor. I said, no, no, I don't want to see a doctor. I was terrified. Yeah. Now, that's an interesting point, because I think I did mention this in the book, that I wondered, is it possible that they did do something to the head? Because I was physically fit. Why on earth would I have a fit? Yeah. I'm Maybe they were testing you, going, you know, is he still connected or, you know? Or is it possible that they did something to save my life, that this was the, the Maybe, after yeah. effects? Yeah, I mean, it, it, we go back, it contradicts what I'm saying about fear. You see how difficult it is to try and work out what exactly we're dealing with, because people tell you they're good, people tell you they're bad, people tell yeah. you they're not, they're not real. You know, you yeah. move on and on. But I will always trust my instincts and think that they have not done anything for kindness at all. I'm just your regular Joe Bloggs. Why on earth would they pick up a 13-year-old and cure a 13-year-old in the middle of a town? You know, in the yeah. whole planet with people who are much more influential than myself, it doesn't make any sense. So it always draws back to some kind of sinister kind of uh, agenda in promotion of fear. 
or something psychological, as I stated. You know, it makes me annoyed, it makes me angry when you hear people, and it does make my blood boil, when they completely put you on track and say, this is what they are. They know what the aliens are. They know what planet they come from. They even know, my goodness, what model ships they use. Ridiculous. I'm like my grandfather. I won't stand for nonsense, nonsense, nonsense. I won't have it. We haven't got a clue, but I think it's beautiful with the kind-hearted and genuine people who are looking into this and trying to figure out what exactly we're dealing with. Now, I had a gentleman when I was researching uh, my book, The The Digital Demon. I'm doing a lot more research now for the new one. But when I spoke to this gentleman, he is part of MUFON, and he actually saw the greys, but they didn't descend from a ship as in the Hollywood kind of style, they actually appeared through the wall. A portal opened up in his wall, in his bedroom. They appeared through the wall. And we're hearing this more and more. So it does, at least with these good-hearted souls, these honest people, as honest as they come, that we now know that they must be some kind of interdimensional creature. We talk about a dimension, we get a vague idea of what it is it means a world brushing against ours it's like jelly they can just step through so that might be a distinct possibility that we're dealing with something that's more close to home more closer to home than being off world from and alpha sanchora i'm not knocking that but it is the strongest contester as far as i'm concerned because even at light speed einstein stated that we can't go faster than light yeah e equals mct squared energy and mass, we can't go faster than light. Yes, an advanced civilization across the stars may have found a way to warp space or fold it, or found a shortcut like a tunnel. But for the best part, I think we're looking at this being more, this problem or this this incident being closer to home, I think. And my suspicions are rising to it. It's, it's like a jigsaw puzzle. Mm. You've got all these bits everywhere and you're trying to put them together to form some kind of coherent picture. It's murky at best, but we are trying to dig out the genuine cases because there's a lot of fakery out there. YouTube, Mm. I mean, I keep seeing, that it makes me laugh and it makes me annoyed, the fact of you see these CGI ships and CGI aliens um, being incorporated in photos or film. I work with CGI. I actually work with it so I can more than not tell there's a stiffness to them, just a stiffness. If they're made by the Hollywood giants, ILM, Industrial Light and Magic, they're going to get away with it. But these people don't have that kind of pioneering education or finances. So there will be, basically, you have your Rolls Royces and you have your Morris Miners. (laughs) (laughs) And they've got their Morris Miners. You can always tell. It just angers me to think that so many people are murking the pool for good souls, and yet others believe it. I know, and then when you challenge them, they get really cross. I've been, um, I've been sort of uh, chucked out of people's Instagram accounts for for mildly suggesting that it didn't look realistic, yes. but they don't want to hear it because that you're sort of messing it up for their the people who just take in everything they they believe. Yes, but um, oh, I just wanted to know: Have you? I'm sure you have. Um, but have you? Uh, are you familiar with the case of Stardust Ranch? I have heard of it. The the gentleman, mm. is he dead now? He passed. Yeah, he? he recently passed away, yeah. Yes. Um, 
the furniture he, was all found in the pool, wasn't it? The furniture yeah, to begin with yeah. was found in the pool, and he actually shot one of these greys, didn't he? She yes. shot one. And um, and sort of fought them off with swords. But he, in his book, um, he did say quite a lot of times that they would phase in through the walls of the house. Yes. yes. Um, now, it, his book is really interesting. The only thing I would say was it just seemed to get more fantastical as it goes along. I found that too, yes. Um, but it is absolutely fascinating, but it just connected with me then then when you said about them sort of phasing in um into yes. houses um, and being able to do that yes there's another the signatures which i've learned from others uh is that when they arrive even this gentleman told me that everything goes quiet there's a stillness all the insects all the insects go quiet there's um it just is deathly quiet yeah. so that's when you know there's trouble so even mother nature the insects all the wildlife knows yeah. that there's something untoward, so it is different. One thing we do know, it's different, it's off-world, it might possibly be interdimensional, which I suspect, I think a lot of other people do. We look yeah. at Skinwalker Ranch as uh, uh, an example yes, of, yeah. of there's nothing nice happening there at all, nothing. I mean, I think I think I tend to think that it's like the humans are guinea pigs. This is testing them. Yeah. You know, they're told not to dig, so when they do dig a bit, all the telegraph poles up shaking yes it doesn't mm. like it it's as if it's testing them we are being tested are we an experiment you said being mm. tested poked and prodded to see how we react sometimes there's fatalities other times they're not you know i mean, well, I mean i'm not uh, talking about the cattle mutilation i don't know what nerf that is but in general with with these cryptids and ufos and, and poltergeists and things it is as if we're being poked and prodded, you know. It's yeah. funny, isn't it, as well, when you use the Ouija board, which we have done in the past, I've actually used it. This is real, and I'll tell you why. It was because when you delve into this topic, you're going to uh, look at every aspect of it. You don't just, you're not tunnel vision. You've got to look at all aspects of it. So the supernatural, paranormal, yeah. we used the Ouija board. Philip and I used it because we don't lie. We know we're telling the truth. We built this makeshift board. We didn't have one at the time, but we had a planchette, a glass, a tumbler, and we communicated with it. We had a very good friend of ours, very no-nonsense. She's an artist, very well-educated girl, doesn't lie, tells the truth. She was observing it, and it was coming out with this gargle. And I said, no, no, I said, no, we need something conclusive. I need to know if this is real. So I said, Susan, go and write something. Take a bit of paper and pen. Go out, write it, put it in your pocket and come back in. She knew what we were doing, so she did. She came back in, it's in her pocket, didn't know what she had put down. I said, right, to the board, I addressed it. What has she written in her pocket? And the thing it spelt out first, very sluggishly, was trickery. I said, no, if you were in our position, you would do the same. What has she written in her pocket? And it moved to D A R T H. M-A-U-L, Darth Maul. Darth Maul. Now, at the time, there was a Star Wars film yeah, that yeah. came out by the wonderful, brilliant George Lucas. We love George Lucas, with Star Wars. Phenomenal man. Why he hasn't got an Oscar yet, I'll never know. That man mm. deserves an Oscar. Darth Maul's my favourite character. Yeah. Susan went white. Gosh. She, come, she pulled it out. It read Darth Maul, and then it stated, it spelt satisfied. So I didn't like it. 
because it it felt kind of like it was being sarcastic mm. but how on earth did it know that there is something at play here something yeah. very very different something can read our minds because i doubt whether that could actually you know i don't know how it does it but it's connected to us this is a psychological again we go back to it it can infiltrate our minds so it obviously read her mind it can't read i doubt if it can read but it read her mind it it had taken it from her mind to tell us what she'd written very intriguing but very sinister now i wouldn't recommend people i'll just add using a luigi board if you do use it just use it in the proper manner ask for love and light i know it sounds a bit holy and corny but just ask for protection before mm. you use them yeah. and make sure you're dealing with uh, something that is uh, can be trusted but even now i wonder if what we're dealing with can be trusted on there because it never seems to give certain answers it loves to elaborate it loves to talk about heaven i will give you a whole description of heaven but when you talk about who murdered jfk which i've asked when you ask what happened at roswell what really did happen all these questions it goes silent yeah it won't answer yeah Strange, it's the same it? um when you ask um when you ask what happens when you die things like that you don't get an answer either or the big yeah. questions it's clever because it knows names and it, it like the Darth Maul incident. It knew there's something. And that's what made me quite um, first suspicious, but also awed at this power of how it can wield this power, whatever it is. Are we dealing with a demonic force? We cannot knock them because people have given them a kind of holy stance, a battle, you know, in heaven with the, uh, the, the Christ. Uh, the, the the one the god head and um the archangels and they did battle with him because of course treason and they were cast out is it possible that their prison is actually a dimension if god is that smart the underworld seems to me rather like a, a dimensional bubble i mean he's smart enough to imprison them in something they can't quite easily get out of yeah <laughs> it's only a thought you know yeah yeah now um so your book we'll just mention that again that's the digital demon is it out yet to buy it was it was public yep yeah, it's out now it's available on amazon um yeah. uh, the new one i'm working on uh, i won't give the title of that out yet i'm keeping that secret um, okay. but it is to do with the further investigation of this power or this force that is here um, whether they are real or not, in the in the context of them being off-world, we yeah. don't know. Whether they're interdimensional, I strongly suspect they might be. We don't know, we're not sure. But whether they're the dead, we don't know. The future, I mean, is possible, but, you know, I'm, I'm of the opinion, no. That wouldn't make sense. I'll give you a quick reason for that. Logical again, Sherlock Holmes. If they're coming here to salvage um their dying race or if they've changed so much they need genetic material they won't pick this time if there were time travelers uh, because respectively put we're soiled that's respectively put they'll put they will pick a point in time when we're medically sound and they'll take the the genome or the material then and be quite happy so it's nothing to do with that salvation of any kind at all in that respect i'm not saying yeah. time travel is impossible but it just doesn't wash with me in retrospect to aliens yeah 
And um, have you, uh, I think I remember hearing you say on another podcast that you have had other experiences of seeing UFOs. That's Can right. Can you yes. tell us anything about those experiences? Yes, one was prominent in 2016, the 9th of April. Um, I think it was 11.15 at night. I think it was, my memory can't serve me correctly i'm afraid was it 11 or 10 50 it was a i'm sorry i cannot remember the time people then will let you on and say well you're lying because you well, we're human you know i've got so much buzzing through my head we saw yeah. them there were three spheres like with the one we saw with grandma albeit these were glowing and they were 90 feet above our head this was beyond cows bishops in the links in kempston they have been tracked we have witnesses to them we've had a gentleman uh, he came over two weeks ago because we had put this report out and lo and behold, we had contact from other people who'd seen the very same thing exactly as we described. They had spotted them. They had, they paralleled England. They started from the Isles of Scilly went, and the, 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 the routes they took was up past Norfolk. But what I did not know, what I did not know, this gentleman, and this is why we need each other to help ourselves with this enigma we need each other because we can only better ourselves if we have support from other good souls mm -hmm. that is a ley line wow. he told us that was a ley line and these things were three spheres i will never forget the way they moved when they were over our heads 90 feet up the street was dead Remember I saying about the silence? Yeah. It was dead. The only thing I do remember, and they weren't drones, they weren't ball lightning, it wasn't helicopters. These did a formation. One moved and moved back again. They were controlled. They were independent. You could see the stars beyond them. It was a clear night. And then what they did was, before they went, when we spoke, when I spoke to Philip, you know when it snowed heavily and you, yeah. you, 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 you speak, or you shout, it's muffled, isn't it? Yes. That's what it yeah. was like. Our voices were muffled. Not one person could be seen, not one car. This is a busy street. I think it was at 11.15. Because the pubs up the road, there was no one. The deathly silence was there. Perhaps a couple of minutes, and then they moved into a line, and I will never forget the way they moved. I will never forget it. They lined and then they just moved and then went off. There was no sonic boom. The way they moved, there's one thing I'm very pleased with myself, I've observed them so closely, was that we have absolutely nothing, no technology on this planet that can move the way they moved. It was mm. the only way I could describe it, it's as smooth as glass, as smooth as glass. It was incredible. I don't know what they were, it wasn't, like a triangular ship, people state, they were independent, but they were three and they moved into a line and then shot off. And this was recorded by others later on. It's always a while later that we find that at the same night, they must have been picked up on radar. They were picked up on radar, but don't trust the MOD. Don't even trust any kind of radar equipment or personnel. They're not gonna tell you they were there. They will not, they will not. Because we know from the past that they have lied and lied and lied. In fact, mm -hmm. the paper that came forward from the Pentagon to state that they are a possibility is an utter sham because they were well aware of them long before. 
they were just pushed to do something because the Senate were pushed to do something, the government were pushed to do something, the powers that be had to actually produce something. Mm. After the Tic Tac uh, video was released, yeah. they had to release something. So they, it's basically, they, they had no choice. <laughs> you know, they're stating, uh, but so don't ever trust them because they've lied to the back of their teeth. And I think they'll continue to do so. We're not having, we, we haven't heard, we've only heard a portion of what they know. So it's quite frightening to know what is buried beneath those files yeah. in their offices. Yeah. A lot more that's happened that we are not told about. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is scary. Um, and the one um, last thing I just wanted to ask you about, I believe that you're... Um, going to be on a television program soon called unexplained caught on camera is that right yes yes that's digital isn't it tv it's uh, yeah i've watched discovery... the first three episodes but i haven't seen you yet you must be uh, on one of the next ones <laughs> discovery plus i think it was they came yeah. to interview us specifically about the orbs we saw that night yeah. i'm so glad we have evidence now charts eyewitness accounts many people have seen them quite a number of people have seen them so this is pleasing because you can finally think, well, you're not going mad. You're not seeing things. Other people have seen the same thing. They were recorded by our niece, Charlie. She recorded them because she saw them passing her car before they arrived over here, which was incredible. Wow. So when she filmed them, she stopped her car and filmed them. And by that time, they were over our heads, just silently stationary. Again, they cannot be ships. They must be some kind of probe or electronic eye. Something like the Foo Fighters. Something that watches. Whatever yeah. is this thing is, they're obviously watching. Now, I will tell you this, that when we saw them, I did, at that point, I wasn't frightened again, just astonished. It was like something godly. This time, something godly. Mm. I remember trying to send something out to them. The, yeah. This is fantastic. You're amazing. We see you. Got nothing back. Nothing. Absolutely. Yeah. Did, did you get the feeling they were there to watch you that time? It would seem a little bit egotistical for me to actually say yes. It did seem personal. Whether they mm. were or not, I don't know. But it would yeah. seem personal because they're above your heads and they're what? They, 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 they could see us. Yeah. They could see us. Whatever it was, it knew we were there. One did a, a movement. I cannot remember it exactly. Philip does remember the movement. I was so astonished. People say, well, can't, you would remember a monumental uh, uh, point in time. You'd, no, you wouldn't. Not it's like people who see a car accident. You have three different accounts of what happened. I cannot, yeah. and I don't lie. But they did some kind of movement, and then they moved off. But it does seem personal. Yes, but I don't think it was because the group that have spotted it, and there are quite a number of people, I mean, this is a report, you received a report, they stated, they stated that they think these things were looking for something. And we didn't know, I'm not very good with ley lines, I'm afraid. We have the experts who are. Um, but we imagine our surprise when they suggested they were moving along. It seems that they were moving along a ley line. As to well, how I don't know, but one of the witnesses stated that it's as if they were looking for something. Now that's interesting. Yeah. I couldn't or, say this off. I wouldn't know. Or maybe collecting some sort of energy. Well, Ronnie, it's been absolutely fantastic talking to you, and I really hope that we can have a chat again in the future. Um, it's it's been really interesting, um, uh, and. Um, 
and I hope you will come back and talk to us. Sorry, I think I just said that twice in two different ways. Um, <laughs> it will but, be a um, pleasure. Yeah, and um, and I'm really I've. Um, I'm very excited to uh, to read one or two of your books as well, and I'm going to keep watching Unexplained Court on camera to see the bit where where you appear. Um, so I'm going to say, um, see you later to you now. Can you tell us um, where where can our listeners buy buy your books and or get in touch with you or see more of your work? Yeah, I mean, The Digital Demon, the book is uh, is available on Amazon. Um, it's published by Flying Disc Press, Philip Mantle's wonderful publishing programme. The one thing I like about that is he releases books as well. They're old cases that have been buried. So there are new cases like the Kelly Kentuckyville encounter, which is fascinating, uh, that happened in the 1950s. I can be reached, Philip and I have a website at www.thekinsellatwins.com. That's K-I-N-S-E-L-L-A. And you'll be able to, on there, see my artwork as well. So you see renditions of these creatures other people have reported. Um, reptilians, the greys, werewolves, I've done them, so they're able to see them, and also to see what's been going on uh, with what we've been doing, uh, albeit with the, with the supernatural interviews, other interviews we've had. And it's quite interesting, and radio shows, there's a link for wonderful radio shows on there that discuss the paranormal, especially which we're going to add on there, What Lies Beneath, which I think is absolutely something, and I can't reiterate this, is a brilliant, program because it delves into more the national parks in the United States and yeah. of what witness testimony the gentleman he, he actually relays the stories and he's wonderful so yes and that I can be contacted I'm on Facebook under Ronnie J Kinsella I think I had to change my name because Ronald seems very formal <laughs> <laughs> my teachers used to call me Ronald as did the doctor Ronald, no. that's always a bad sign because that's from authority again, the teachers, but Ronnie, I like to be known as Ronnie. Yeah. Thank you for having me on your wonderful show. It's so lovely to talk to you. Yes, you too. Thank you. And I hope to speak to you again very soon. Well, thank you for that, Ronnie. That was a fantastic interview and I look forward to speaking to you again in the future. So everybody, don't forget to send me your stories to paranormal or what podcast at outlook.com or send me a voice recording to anchor.fm forward slash paranormal or what podcast forward slash message. Remember, I'd really like to listen to some of your stories. And actually, I have had one or two sent in, so they'll be coming up in future. Next week, the interview of all interviews. I will be interviewing Cliff Barrackman, the Bigfoot man himself. And if you check out Paranormality magazine, you will see that I am very, very proud to be the author of the cover story this month on Cliff Barrackman himself. So check it out and see what you think. There's all sorts of fabulous paranormal articles and information, horoscopes and all sorts of things on there. So please do check it out and let me know what you think. Okay, until next week, 
take care, be spooky. I'm very excited because I'm going on a really exciting investigation this weekend. So I hope to be able to tell you all about that next week and stay spooky. So take care of yourselves and I'll speak to you next week. And don't forget, remember, together we can figure it out. Night. Thank you.